0: answers about the news, prophecy, and subjects related to your life. Uh, we've got uh, our guests here, Mr. Dexter Wakefield, he's the business manager at Tomorrow's World, and we've got, uh, we've got Mr. Uh, Wyatt Siselka. he is the uh, head of the internet department here. Uh, before we get started, I did want to say we don't want to ignore the flooding that's going on in uh, Houston. It's been a horrible situation. We have all been praying about it. We do uh, have great concern for those people down there. I personally have friends down there and, and love them very much. Um, I did want to say that before we get started. Uh, today, we've got a hot topic, a topic that, frankly, many are afraid to touch on. Uh, that is Islam and its future. Is Islam a religion of peace or is it a, an historic and prophetic uh, vehicle of war? So we want to talk about that. And just a reminder to share the link. We do appreciate you uh, sharing the link. It has allowed us to be successful on this show. We appreciate your sharing and liking the link. And uh, this is something that we don't, this topic today is something we don't want to hold in a box. So. I want to read uh, from an article here to kind of set the stage about terror, uh, terrorism and Islam. I want to read an article here. It's from Reuters. It's uh, entitled Despite Losing Terrain, Islamic State's Attacks Rose in 2016, based on a study that was done. Uh, this was published August 21st, 2017. It says, although Islamic State is losing fighters and territory in Iraq and Syria. It remained the world's deadliest militant organization last year, according, according to, a to a report from, from the University of, University of Maryland. Islamic state operatives carried out more than, more than 1,400 attacks, attacks last, last year and killed, and killed more than 7,000 people. A roughly 20 percent increase over 2015, 2015 according, according to the, the university's, university's Global Terrorism Database. Terrorism so I want to I ask. To um, our uh, guests here is ISIS. While it's it's in the headlines and it's been declining recently, but uh, with this weakening state, if it does fall, is that going to be the end of terrorism hmm. from from Islam?
1: Uh, you know, sadly, it won't be the end of terrorism uh, that is generated from uh, Islam, um, from, from those who practice an extreme or what we would maybe consider a, a more, you know, violent interpretation of Islam. Uh, but sadly, it won't be the end of terrorism in general. Uh, the Bible is pretty clear about that, that at the end of the age, there will be uh, ethnic conflict where all different people, races, ethnicities will, will come into conflict with each other. Uh, sadly, Islam uh, will be tied up in that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting,
2: yeah. You know, we were talking about this earlier, we had a really interesting discussion, maybe we can reproduce this <laughs> a little bit for our, uh, for our audience today, but as we were talking, the, um, it only takes one big act, sure. one major act, for all of this to blow up. A, lynch a, yeah, a lynchpin. Yeah, a linchpin for the, the, the radical Islamic things that are going on in the Middle East right now, and the terror that's being spread around <clears> the, <throat> the world, whether it's um, uh, sponsored by these people or by this lone wolf uh, terrorism that... Um, just one of these great acts, whether by uh, the uh, the people in the Middle East or someone in in Europe does something really foolish that causes a great coalescence to to happen there that would cause all of these forces to come together mm. there's been a, an Islamic wind blowing through the Islamic world as we Uh, talked about. That could get a lot harder and turn into a hurricane.
0: Sure, yeah. Uh, The, uh, you know, one thing that they've been pushing in fact, uh, you know, kind of going beyond their their bubble, the ISIS bubble there, if you're not able, uh, uh, quoting from this article, uh, they're teaching that if you're not able to find an IED or a bullet then single out the disbelieving American Frenchman or any other of their allies, smash his head with a rock, and slaughter him with a knife uh... or or run him over with your car which is something that that we have seen um, uh, uh... one of the spokesmen said to his followers and that was in two thousand fourteen right. this article nice folks
2: nice you've folks. got
1: uh, you know you've got uh... this problem with those who practice a violent or extreme or fundamental form of islam it's not just uh... restricted to the uh... middle east uh... we see in the philippines that uh... there's more conflict with the between uh... islamic extremists and militants and the philippine government you see in the in europe uh... there is has been more terrorism as you were alluding to in the question uh, that you asked uh... in the quran in, in uh... book nine chapter five uh... i jotted down some, some Quranic scriptures just for my reference, and it's one of those passages that sometimes those who want to practice violence who are Islamic, they'll look at that and they'll say, you know, this justifies me going out and being either that lone wolf or being part of a militant group. Uh, Surah 9 verse 5 uh, mentions that when the forbidden months are over, that's referring to four holy months in Islamic law, uh, whenever you encounter idolaters, kill them, seize them, besiege them, Wait for them. Basically, wait. You know, to 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 uh, surprise, attack them. So you have, sadly, people that um, have contorted and um, and really abused um, all all different religions, whether it's Christianity or or Islam. But there are some some troublesome uh, teachings within the Quran where there are people who look at the, those teachings and say, you know, it's our duty. So you asked, ISIS. ISIS. Will they sort of? go away, will that be the end of terrorism? I think you have a more fundamental uh, problem where there is this conflict that's ingrained within uh, Islam and you have a uh, uh, this notion of the, the house of Islam and the house of war. They actually call uh the rest of the world dar s um harb and that basically means the the house of war and it's it's their duty to go out against the rest of the world mm-hmm. some of the, those people uh some people teach that so you know no, i know i think we're going to see
2: more problems in the f- mm. in the future sure i think we'd all agree that islam is very diverse it's sure. a very diverse world. It's billions of over a billion of them out there. And the ones that interpret uh, the uh the Quran that way are not necessarily or certainly not even the majority of them. I've been reading this wonderful book by Sayyid Qutb, who was the uh called Milestones, which is the uh uh, he is the uh, father of radical Islam. He calls that, and he goes through many of the things that you are saying there. But this is a fairly recent phenomenon. He um, came to uh, for beginning in the early 50s. He wrote this in the 1960s, and he was uh, one of the prominent early members of the Muslim Brotherhood. So we can we can see that this has been something that has de- been developing very rapidly in, in the recent decades, the decades of my life, but not all Muslims, and particularly in Indonesia, other places like that, where there are hundreds of millions of Muslims subscribe to this mm-hmm. view. Although we do have an Islamic wind blowing through Islam, sure. and how many this will pick up and go with is hard to tell.
1: We'll probably get to it later in the, uh, in the show today, but one thing we were talking about earlier, I don't want to get ahead of, 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 sure. of, of the conversation, but you know, what will happen prophetically and what's very sad and the bible prophesies that, that the world is headed this this way is that you know we're gonna have both those who profess to be christians and those who profess to be muslims and those who are buddhists and whatever we're going to have more violence uh, in right. our future. And uh, as Mr. Wakefield said, you know, we definitely want to uh, remind our, our friends out there, whether you're an atheist or a Buddhist or a Muslim, uh, we understand that a lot of people are peace-loving, law-abiding, frankly would probably help, um, be more willing to help out uh, in, in need than, than maybe others. Sure. But, um, but what does the Bible say and what is happening in the geopolitical reality i i don't think we do ourselves any favor by putting our head in the sand and saying well there's no problems right. in the world so i know you'll you'll get and to some of that, that but that's right yeah we're going to touch on those those topics <clears throat> um
0: you know we talked the the question of of if isis goes away will that terrorism uh, fade away and I, I think the answer is you've said no uh i did re- want to read a quote from a, a fellow who did a, a incredible study in Europe. Uh, Tony Cordesman, this is from Bloomberg.com here, uh, published uh, the 19th of August, Uh, he says um, ISIS is only a small part of the problem today. 6.1% of the the world total during the same period and 7.2% of the total uh, of Middle East and North Africa. Defeating the ISIS caliphate will not bring uh... begin to defeat terrorism he says so th- it's not going to be the beginning of that it's it's going to as you mentioned as we see from scripture that it, it will get worse in that way um, and, w- and we will see why uh, in fact that's our our next topic but uh, if you're just joining us wanted to let you know that we're uh... we're here you're seeing watching the tomorrow's world now uh... the topic is about islam the future of islam And is Islam a religion of peace or of war? Uh, Before we get into this next topic, I wanted to play a clip. Um, It's from an Australian news outlet, and it's an interview with an imam down in Melbourne. His name uh, is uh, Mohammed Tahiti, and uh, he's outspoken uh, uh, outspoken in many ways. Uh, He's ridiculed for it by uh many in you know many muslims and uh but his views are quite telling coming from a muslim him so i wanted to go ahead and play, play that, that clip, clip for us, for us, us now. now
3: we have a situation where there is a month doesn't go by without a terrorist attack happening somewhere around the world and for the past 1,400 years, we have had a religion of war. That's exactly what we have had. This is, not a, this is not something I'm imagining. These are facts. We've had many wars. How did Islam spread from Saudi Arabia down to Indonesia and Bosnia? All spread by the sword. We had many wars. Yeah. And uh, for someone to come and say these Islamic scriptures have nothing to do with it, I mean, that's uh, against the facts. That's not true. The Islamic scriptures is exactly what is... Pushing these people to behead the infidel. Let me tell you something the people that are beheading that Mr., uh, the, the person that killed the young girls in Manchester, did so believing he was going to dine with the Prophet Muhammad that very night. That's and that not is true. because the Islamic that, scriptures. That's not true. There is wrong. nothing, there is that nothing is wrong. in Islam not lie, that will justify Do not lie cond- to the Australian nation. We in have in, in our books in the teachings of will justify the to behead people and These to kill and massacre people. people. You cannot sit there and okay. lie to the Australian people. No, no no, 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 wait, wait I a minute. I, I can't Let's give right of reply to Jamal. Do not lie to the Australian public. Uh, our books teach on, the Jamal? beheading of people. Jamal, you go ahead. I never lied in my life. I've oh, always God, said God. what I believe in, and what God. I believe so, in is the truth.
0: he says, uh, in there, he says, uh, our books teach the beheading of people. And he goes on to say, or he mentioned that the scriptures are exactly what is pushing these people to behead the infidel. Uh, the person who killed the young girls in Manchester did so believing he was going to dine with the Prophet Muhammad that very night. So, gentlemen,
2: thoughts? Well, if I can um, uh, start off with something here. Um, in the 600s AD, and to really to amplify what the man said a little bit for a little more detail, that was Muhammad's career. But after his death, in the 700s AD was the conquest of Asia Minor and of North Africa. Uh, Islam was spread by conquest. Uh, that's, I think sp- that's the best way to put it, that they were uh, uh, more of an imperialist uh, caliphate and they were spread by conquest. But then they, in, the, in 711 uh, AD was the invasion of Spain and the conquest of Spain. And I think many Americans don't understand that Spain was uh, a Muslim country for centuries. They also occupied southern Italy, um, all of Sicily. Uh, They raided uh, Rome a time or two, Uh, even um, looted St. Peter's Basilica in, in Rome. Also, they went out across um, um, uh, France and almost got to Paris. The Battle of Tours stopped them and began the Reconquest, the reconquering of mm-hmm. Europe. And they began to be driven out of, of Europe in, in those times. So uh, just to remember that, uh, that that is a long history of aggression, that just to expand on some of the things that we've said earlier. Then the Eastern Caliphate came around and attacked Eastern Europe. and all the way up to, oh, the 1715, around there, the thousand years of wars in Europe. Mm. So there has been, in Europe, centuries and centuries right. of warfare. Right.
1: Uh, and Islamic teaching is, <clears throat> is very clear about um, the need to, to expand the Islamic house, that's how they'll, they'll refer to it, or the Islamic caliphate or, or um, order. Uh, Islam teaches against polytheism, uh, which we would we would say that's well well done. Um, uh, Islam also though teaches specifically against uh, Christianity, which I find very um, interesting because yet the Quran, there's a number of Quranic verses where um, Muhammad is said to have received this divine um, you know uh, message and 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 they uh, record in the Quran that the Bible the Torah the Gospels are actually to be obeyed and to be listened to so Islam is an interesting religion but regarding Islam uh, being in conflict with Christianity this is uh, from Book 9, uh, verses 29 and 30, uh, here's one of many, you know, many examples I could give where the Quran teaches fight those of the people of the book, which, which it's referring to Jews and um, Christians. and Christians there, fight those of the people of the book who do not believe in God in the last day, and that would, of course, mean who don't believe in the Islamic you know, teaching regarding God in the last day, and, and do not forbid what God and his messenger have forbidden, who do not obey the rule of justice until they pay the tax and agree to submit. So you have what Mr. Rayfield was mentioning earlier, about a thousand years of, of, of kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, growing of the Islamic empire, usually through, through conquest, mm-hmm. but there's, there's reasons for that, uh... in 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 islamic history they believe that they need to go out and establish sharia establish their duty th- It's their duty and 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 really you know as we said earlier it's not that that we think that all muslims are, are, right. are bad people at all right. you know i think many of them probably the vast vast majority think look this is a religion of peace and and law and we don't have these sins uh... you know the united states is is guilty of of so many very bad sins, you know, whether it's pornography or whatever, that I think that Muslims look at and say that those are disgusting and, and, and evil, and we would agree. Mm-hmm. But anyways, built into that religion is this notion of kind of, of conquest.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. Just to um, um, take that a little bit further, once again, this is the mind of a radical, the father of radical Islam, who wrote this, the foremost duty of Islam in this world is to depose Jahiliya. that's us, at everyone who is not of his way of thinking, from the leadership of man, and to take the leadership into his own hands and enforce the particular way of life, which is its permanent feature. And they are talking about doing this overlay of Sharia law over all the, all the, the world at some point. And uh, many of them, the radicals, want to do that by force. You know, um, <clears throat> this,
0: uh, of this book, Clash of Civilizations, by Samuel Huntington, who was uh, over the International Affairs Department at uh, uh, Harvard University for many years, for apparently half a, a century, um, he he writes in this book interesting kind of along these lines, and, I, and we see some of this today. We see this happening today in, in general. Uh, he says wherever one looks along the perimeter of Islam. Muslims have problems living peacefully with their neighbors. The question naturally rises as to whether this pattern of late 20th century conflict between Muslims and non-Muslims groups, non-Muslim groups is equally true of relations between uh, groups of, from other civilizations. In fact, it is not, he says. Muslims make up about one-fifth of the world's population, but in the 1990s, this book was written back in uh, the early 2000 or so, they have been far more involved in intergroup violence than the people of any other civilization. The evidence is overwhelming. It, it's something that, and, and with that in mind, we, we've been having to deal with that. That is a part of our daily news source. Our media is, is filled with it. and. Anyways, it's, uh, it's a tough thing.
2: Well, uh, just uh, I'm not sure I would agree completely uh, with, with what he said. Uh, granted, in our times, Islam is on the ascendant. It is on the ascendant, and, and this uh, view of radical Islam of, uh, of, has become energized, and it's going out into the world in the form of terrorism and other things. But what about the Romans? Sure, yeah. How uh, about like the Greeks, how you know, about like the Babylonians, right? the Persians? Uh, Over time, I mean, you could, that's right. Uh, th- there have been many, many aggressive civilizations. Right. They call them imperialist empires. Uh, the Crusades were uh, not a good, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. it wasn't good. Well, that was part of the Reconquista, you could argue um, mm. about that as well. But, um, uh, so I'm not sure that we can, we can isolate... Uh, uh, the Muslims in this regard, Christianity has had, uh, and pagan the pagan world has had its aggressive periods as well. Hmm.
1: Uh, you know, we're going to we're going to see a uh, a militant false Christianity in the future. We already do. Uh, we've seen uh, militant Christianity. Uh, nowhere in the Bible does God teach that Christians should be hacking each other to death right. or shooting each other But yet we've had as we've talked about, you know, many times we've had Christians fighting Christians We've had Christians <laughs> fighting Muslims. We've had Muslims fighting Muslims uh, You know, I, it goes back to what Paul said in Corinthians that this is Satan's world I mean the, the, the world is, is under the sway of, of Satan the devil and he's a liar and a murderer from the beginning and and so uh, we, we need to go, go to you know back to what does the Bible teach about what's going to happen prophetically um, and And also, what does the Bible teach? And and frankly, you know, some of what what does the Qur'an say? Um, You know, the Qur'an does, does, embedded into the Qur'an is this notion of, of, of offensive war. And, um, you know, that is, that is contradictory to what we see in, especially in the Gospels. Uh, Luke 6, you know, 27-28, uh, Jesus Christ says, I say to you, uh, you know, uh, love your enemies, do good to those who hurt you, uh, do, good, do, do good to those who hate you, bless those who, who curse you. So we, we need to, I think, speak for true Christianity. And remind our audience that uh, true Christianity is not to hate mm-hmm. other Christians or Muslims or, or Buddhists anybody, or right? anybody. Yeah. And uh, and to our Muslim friends, um, you know, if 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 they believe that Jesus was um, a prophet, they they don't believe that he was the son of God. They don't believe he was God. But um, you know, the Quran does say, and I could turn to the scriptures in the Quran. It says, "Look to the people of the book. Uh, the people of the book have um, knowledge, have answers." Uh, the Quran says that uh, Jesus was a prophet. Well, if, if, and that is what the Qur'an says. So if that's what the Qur'an says, then I think I even ask our Muslim friends to maybe look at a little bit at what Jesus said in the Bible, and, 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 and they'll, some, some Muslims will say, well, the Bible is corrupted. No, uh, the Qur'an was put together about 350 years after, um, uh, the, 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 after there were many, many manuscripts of the Bible that still survive to this day. So let me say that again. We, we, we have Bibles, multiple Bibles, from, from the 3rd century and 4th century, that are still existent. There are over 25,000 pieces of manuscripts from the Old and New Testaments that were in existence, that are still in existence, over 25,000, that are still in existence, that predate the Quran, mm. And guess what? Scripture hasn't changed. Right. Scripture mm. hasn't changed. And so you know, again, w- w- what is really the religion of peace? I think that Christianity should be the religion of peace. Right. And uh, I'd ask our Muslim friends and our Christian friends to look at what, what does Jesus say about peace?
0: Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, I did want to read one other quote from this, uh, this book um, in terms of you know what we see in the with we see in the news, what we've been experiencing, and again you know not and not every single you know Muslim and so forth, and there there are moderate uh, you know peaceful uh, Muslims. We can't categorize everybody in the same group there. Uh, but interesting, what he says here, he says Islam originated among warring Bedouin nomadic tribes and this violent origin is stamped in the foundation of Islam. Muhammad himself is uh, remembered as a hard fighter and a skillful military commander. Uh, No one would say this of Jesus or Buddha. Uh, The doctrines of Islam, it is argued, dictate war against unbelievers, and when the initial expansion of Islam tapered off, um, he goes on to say, the Quran and other statements of Muslim beliefs contain few prohibitions of violence, and a concept of nonviolence is absent from Muslim doctrine and practice. The, the, the thoughts of peace and how, you know, it, it takes, you know, you mentioned about Jesus Christ um, and, and that the, the Christian way of peace. It takes work and practice to make peace. It takes work, it is difficult. And if all we've ever known is war and blood and hurt, that th- peace can't come from that.
2: Hmm.
0: Peace can't come from that.
2: Well, of course, and, uh, that is a very good description of what has gone on in, in the Middle East, and certainly in the in the last uh, half a century or so. We do have large areas in the world where Islam has been very peaceful, such as Indonesia, which is the largest Muslim. Uh, population in in the world, so uh, I think we all agree we don't want to be generalized too much. But just to pick up on something that he said there um, with regard to what's happening in the Middle East and in Europe right now, uh, to radical Islam, those who actually subscribe to that view and are willing to go out and push it forward and to die for it, that the past is the future. And a few minutes ago, I went over what the um, uh, what the the conquests were like in Europe in the Middle Ages. Of course, they want to do that again. And Mm -hmm. they the Muslim Brotherhood has stated that that is their goal. Spain is to them is Andalusia. Mm -hmm. That's their name for it. And uh, other parts of Europe, they believe they are entitled to. And they're going to push against this. And as you said earlier, um, Mr. Sicilica, they're not going to stop. This is going to continue on, uh, going on um, until um, something larger happens. We, we
1: see, and we, see, you know, I, I can understand the motivation. I've already alluded to it. Uh, many Muslims see the debauchery and the sin from the West. And they're reacting against that and saying, you know, there, there's evil coming from the West. And, and I would sadly agree. Right. You know, look at, the, look at the pornography, look at the drugs and so forth. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, um, that all the uh, Islamic states are perfect examples of, of what God's uh, government on this earth is going to look like. Because, no, the, the, the Islamic states, you know, there's, there's sin there as well. Um, but I can understand that they want to establish a better um, more law-abiding, you know, less sinful, um, you know, uh, world, and I can understand that. So, as Mr. Wayfield mentioned, um, we see Muslims pushing into, into Europe, we see uh, Sharia law being pushed as what should be practiced in parts of England, parts of France. Belgium is dealing with that right now. In the Philippines, they're dealing with it. And the Bible, frankly, talks about this. There, there are prophecies, which we'll probably get to later, that talk about this coming conflict between, really, a, 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 what, what the Bible calls a king of the south and a king of the north. And there's going to be a, a, a corrupt uh, version of Christianity, that's going to be um, hostile, and militaristic, and, and so forth. And there's going to be a very violent, militaristic version of Islam that's going to be you know, opposed to it. And we do see a clash. I hate to use this, this phrase, it's, it's overused, but we, we are heading toward a, a clash of civilizations, and I know that that is uh, overused, but we are heading toward that, uh, sadly, in the years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, do want
0: to uh, move on to our next topic here, and, and that is um, as far as uh, Islam. It it is the fastest growing religion in the world, um, and why is that the case? Why is it the fastest growing religion in the world?
2: Easy. Birth rates. <laughs> <laughs> Birth rates. The uh, the fertility rate among Muslims two point nine to three uh, percent. The rest of the world is. Is that two point nine to three percent, or or is oh. that? Uh, 2.9 no, three two point nine births, births, oh, births. Sorry, okay, births, okay, right? Births and it's two point two for the world, and for Western Europe, it's less than that. Hmm. It's uh, under two, which is under uh, replacement rate. More people maybe dying than um, uh, than, are, than are being born. Hmm. So they are bound to grow as a percent of of the world's population simply because of birth rates. Hmm. Well, I,
1: I would I, I would agree wholeheartedly, and I would add that um, that uh, many Muslims are very. Um, you know, evangelical to really not use the right word, but there is a lot of uh, of uh, of preaching and and recruiting uh, in the Islamic world. Um, uh, so you have a lot of, um, of of new adherents that that become Muslim, uh, whereas Christianity, frankly, is is sort of on the decline in that regard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um,
0: we do have a question and i do want to say uh... thank you for everybody for joining in you're watching tomorrow's world now we're talking about islam and its future is it a religion of w- a war or of peace um, and we want to remind you share if you haven't already please share the link we appreciate it whether you're watching on facebook or youtube uh... we appreciate it. again that's what's allowed us to be successful here so we do appreciate it i did have a question uh... from a a uh... viewer on facebook Question is uh, the Torah allows the, for capital punishment of sinners. What is the difference between uh, the Torah, basically, and Sharia law? Why does uh, the Bible, the, the Old Testament, allow for um, um, capital punishment? And you know, what's the difference between that and Sharia law?
1: Look, I'll, I'll jump in real quickly with a thought or two. Yeah. You know, sin um, is the transgression of the law, according to Scripture, and sin uh, requires payment. So why did Jesus Christ come to the earth? Well, God loved the world so much. The Father, you know, John 3.16, everybody knows it, but a lot of times we don't really think about who loved the the world so much. The Father loved the world. And uh, for our Christian friends out there, please bear that in mind. Jesus Christ loves you and loved the world, but the Father loved the world enough to give His Son to pay that penalty for sin. Now, the question itself that came in on Facebook um, in, actually includes the answer. Um, the, the, the Torah, the Bible, um, the Old Covenant, does uh, provide for the uh, the payment of sin uh, to be uh, paid by death in, 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 many, in many cases. Um, now, in the new covenant, uh, sin is no longer um, uh, no longer requires the payment of, of 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 death by an individual. It's been paid by who? Jesus. Christ. John 3:16. Right. So you know, but 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 I, I got ahead of myself. The question itself included some of the uh, of, of the answer I want to get to. Sharia law um, does allow also for the um, the murder of nonbelievers and and in. Uh, a strict interpretation of Islam. Um, a, a, it is within the right of, of a Muslim to go out and take somebody's life who's a non-believer, and just who's just sitting there just minding their own business. And, and I think that's a distinction that we need to be fair about. Right. The Bible doesn't say that. The that's Bible doesn't right. say, hey, you know, there's Bob sitting over there just minding his own business, and he's just a nice, you know, Hindu. Right you know the Bible doesn't say say that 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 that's about uh, expansion
0: you know the, the the Islamic interpretation there is about in expansion whereas uh, Christianity or the the in the Old Testament there it was meant for the state of Israel basically the the nation of Israel and within that if people did the wrong thing there was capital punishment and, and let me it. add I,
1: you know I'm not just I'm not just you know just winging Throwing this it out, here right? I mean you you've got uh, I could give you many scriptures from the Quran, but uh, book 9, I, I mentioned earlier, verse 29, fight those of the people of the book. There are, there are many, many Quranic verses who say, go out and, and, and wage this aggressive war against those who are non-believers. So that is a difference for our, our, our audience to just sort of contemplate for a little bit.
2: And I'll also point out that uh, Sharia law and uh, Islam is a state religion. Uh, and it's sponsored and um, forms a state. The Israel was uh, the, the worship of Yahweh was a state religion, and they have civil codes that involve these things the Many states in this country have punitive codes, some of them have death penalties. Mm-hmm. people are still killed uh, here and in other places around the world uh, because uh, they have these are civil penalties within their states. First century Christianity is not a state religion right it 's not, and it does not have these codes; it exists outside of that it is Set apart a holy people inside of this world this whole world and Christ is coming and he will have a holy government a holy mountain that will grow to fill the whole world and then we will have his holy righteous and just laws and he will decide how to do these things and he is worthy to judge the whole world. Mm. So, uh, I'm not sure we're exactly answering the person's question, but that is a major distinction between Christianity and then the state religions that do incorporate civil codes and punishments. Sure.
0: Hmm. Uh, Again, if you're just joining us, uh, watching Tomorrow's World Now, and we're talking about Islam and its future. um, With that in mind, I want to ask, what does the Bible say about Islam? What does the Bible say? What's the future? What does the Bible talk about? Who are those people, and so forth? I did want to read uh, from Genesis with that in mind, just interesting, and it doesn't cover you know uh, you know Islam so much as it does a, a certain people of the world, but Genesis sixteen and verse eleven talking about the birth of Ishmael, which of course Islam points to Ishmael as their you know father, basically, in a certain way, um, or at least of the Arabs. Uh, And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you uh, you are with child, and you shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man, his hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell... In the presence of all his brethren, that's interesting. I mean, that fits uh, very snugly into at least what we're seeing in today's picture and what we've seen for uh, quite a while in that way.
1: Uh, we were talking about Psalm eighty-three earlier, and uh, Psalm eighty-three is a, a a psalm of David, but it's a prophecy, and um, it. Uh, talks about nations, not, it doesn't mention Muslims, you know, because the Bible was written before Muhammad was born. Um, But if you understand where the areas are in the world that uh, practice Islam and you understand um, uh, the the identity of some of these nations, and I would encourage people to go to tomorrowsworld.org and and just use our search feature to search for things like King of the South, things like that. But in Psalm 83, it talks about a confederacy of these different uh, nations. Most of them are are Arab nations, but actually, interestingly, one of those... um, nations as part of the Confederacy is is actually Assyria, which is modern Germany. And it talks about uh, that Confederacy wanting to cause uh, Israel, Jacob, to cease to exist, to be no more. Mm -hmm. It's a Confederacy of, of not just Islamic nations, but also again, Germany, that want to see Israel cease to exist. So what does the Bible say about about uh, Islam, not anything specifically, uh, because, again, Islam came later, centuries later. But what does it say about some people who will maybe use a form of Islam? Uh, the Bible does reveal that there is a coming, like I said earlier, clash of civilizations. And I think we're probably seeing the very beginnings of, of that uh, with what we've seen with the— um, and I feel sorry for the refugees. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do. Yeah. I don't care if you're you know, black, white, mm-hmm. uh, Muslim, mm-hmm. whatever. I, people deserve to have safety and peace and food and, and education and you know I believe in that. But anyways, um, uh, the Bible does say a lot indirectly about what will happen in the future between a uh, regarding a clash between is is Islamic peoples and Christian peoples. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: I want to read from that uh, from Psalm 83 there, at least a part of it because it does sound familiar uh, <laughs> with what we hear today. Uh, verse 4 of Psalm 83 it says they have said come and let us cut them off from being a nation. This is uh, those enemies of Israel. Um, Let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. I mean, this is some, these are kinds of lines we've heard uh, you know, in the past uh, decades, you Hmm. might say. yeah, so that, that is absolutely uh, the case. There's a future.
2: I, I, I remembered a, a story. I, um, this actually happened, and I at one time was, was touring Turkey at the, the, the seven church areas over there with some ministers and their wives. It was a few years ago, and we had a Muslim guide. Hmm. And on the Sabbath, I gave a Bible study on uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. And going back to where we talk about this split beginning, the split began with Isaac and Ishmael. Who um, went off in one direction, and Isaac, uh, we believe, had the promises and went off um, to uh, continued on to receive those promises from Abraham. Well, I, I went through the story of, of the account in the Bible of Abraham and Isaac and um, the the sacrifice and so forth and how all of these things occurred. And but I was a little nervous about it because the the Muslim man really wanted to sit in and hear it, and he had, had asked to do this. So I said. Well, okay, maybe maybe this will be okay because I knew that we had a dis- fundamental disagreement about what, what Abraham and uh, about Isaac and uh, Ishmael, hmm. and so I went through the whole thing and he sat there still and very nice man, a very mild-mannered man. And afterwards, I asked him, "What did you think about the account of um, um, Isaac and?" Uh, Abraham and Isaac and the, and the sacrifice of, that didn't happen of Isaac. And he said, well, we believe that. Everything you said, we believe. Oh, that's just as, as we believe. And I'm, I know that that wasn't exactly true. I said, but, except for Ishmael is the son of promise. In other words, they believe that Ishmael got the promises and was the firstborn and that Isaac was miraculously conceived because of Sarah's age. Ishmael was born of Hagar. Isaac was miraculously conceived, therefore is not of the seed of Abraham. Mm -hmm. And I said, Mm. and he stopped there. I looked at him for a moment, and then I said, but the Jewish scriptures are corrupted. And he said, Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. But that's, see, that's the difference, and that's
1: where the split occurs. There's a problem with them saying the Jewish scriptures are corrupted because Surah 3 3 and others talk about the gospel and Torah being given by God. And according to Islamic law and the Quran, <laughs> God's word cannot be corrupted. <laughs> and Muslims do revere and respect the, uh, the Bible. Um, Uh, uh, Surah 2 verses 40 through 43 talks about the children of Israel and how God blessed them and uh, commands the children of Israel to honor God and to essentially to obey the message that they received. Uh, Surah uh, 568 say to the people of the book, uh, essentially, you you have no true basis for your religion unless you obey the Bible, mm-hmm. the Torah, and the Gospel. So here we have in in the sixth and seventh century Muslims saying that Christians and Jews must observe the Bible. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't have it both ways, everybody. You can't mm-hmm. have it both ways. Right? If 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 what the the Quran says, which it does, is it says it says that the Torah and the Gospel is God's word. And it must be obeyed,
0: right? And you know, it says, and if it can't be take from or add to it. In you know?
1: Revelation, the Bible says, "Don't add to or take mm-hmm. away." So there's a little bit of a conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really respect um, the Muslims a lot. I've, I've had uh, Muslims, you know, that have we've talked, and, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of Muslims have a real big appreciation for the Bible, and they respect Abraham, they respect the prophets, uh, they respect Moses, they respect Jesus. They don't see Jesus as being the Son of God, they see Jesus as being as being a, a prophet, a, sp- a special prophet, but nonetheless a prophet. But um, they do have a lot of respect for the Bible, so uh, I think um, you know, there is room for studying together, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm not sure what question we're talking about right now, but mm-hmm. I find it fascinating. And, and uh, you know, um, I think we were, you, you were just asking about... Um, where is Islam w- where, where is in the Bible?
0: And, and wanted to ask more specifically now about uh, the king of the south, and where does Islam fit in with the king of the south, or is ISIS king of the south? Right. Um,
2: Mr. The, Wakefield. The church has taught, is not back to the 1950s? Herbert W. Armstrong, I, I forget exactly when he said that, but that the king of the South would be led by a Mahdi, we, we don't hear that word much, but um, that was the, the word that was used back then, which would be an Islamic ruler or Islam, an Islamic king, that he would rise up and push against the king of the north, which we uh, believe, of course, is a great leader of a ten-nation alliance in, in Europe. In other words, all of the problems that they had back in the Middle Ages are going to be reenacted, and they're starting up and, and going now. I think if he could see what's going on now he would be uh, very excited. Mm. But that's the, the origin of it, that the Church has long taught, that there will be a King of the South, which will likely be a confederation of states, um, and it will be most likely an Islamic confederation.
1: That's in, uh, you You probably turn right. to Daniel I, 11. That's right. Yeah, I, you want to read that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll
2: read that. Uh,
0: Daniel 11 is where it talks about the King of the South. And It says, uh, at the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, talking about the the king of the north. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships. And he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. And it goes on uh, to say he shall also enter the glorious land uh, and... Many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape from his hand, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Amman. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall have power over the treasures uh, of gold and silver and over the precious things of Egypt. Also, the Libyans and Ethiopians shall follow in his, at his heels. So it's talking about uh, the king of the south going against the king of the north, and the king of the north pushing back in a hard way and and actually names out some some nations here now i, I don't think we see the king of the south, uh, you know, in its full form right now. We might be seeing some portion of it, we might be seeing... Well, Egypt uh, is fighting against
1: it. ISIS right now. Right, that's right. Egypt is yeah. fighting against ISIS. And, that's right. And in Daniel 11, uh, the, we've historically taught that the king of the south is probably led by Egypt or Ethiopia, or that the, the, the a dynasty that went through, through uh, Ethiopia. So in Daniel 11, um, you have um, the, the King of the, of, of the South mentioned. Well, right now, you know, Egypt, Saudi Arabia are fighting against ISIS. So um, I, I, some of our viewers might not understand when we refer to the King of the North, uh, who the King of the North is, right. and, you know, can't give a long explanation. Right. Yeah. But uh, the King of the North would be, all, all of these uh, directions are from Jerusalem. They're, they're from Jerusalem. Jerusalem's the center point. So king of the south, it's a king or a kingdom south of Jerusalem, uh, king of the north, king or kingdom north of, Dr- north of Jerusalem. And so we've historically taught that um, if you look at Revelation 17 and elsewhere, where it talks about the, the woman riding the beast and, and Babylon, mystery religion, we've looked at there being a corrupted version of Christianity that has, that has uh, existed in Europe down through the centuries and that the the, the nation uh, that used to be identified as Assyria, which is now modern Germany is most likely the leader of the 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 the, uh, the the end time, uh, you know, kingdom, and that the uh, there's a great false church, uh, Babylon mystery religion, a great false Christian church that sort of influences the king of the north. So you know, put the pieces together. Who do you have? Who who who's that lady? Who's a harlot? Who's um, the mother of harlots? Um, you know, uh, Revelation seventeen six. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Uh, who who martyred? Um, So many true Christians in the uh, the early first second third century, you know, we talk about um, Muslims uh, sometimes being uh, Warlike, but uh, you know uh, Christianity has been warlike as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that helps with the our audience but the king of the north European based empire a false Christian king of the south uh, Arab, right. you know, influenced heavily by by, uh, by corrupted uh, yeah. version, yeah, by 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 just uh, you know
2: corrupt leaders and by by fundamental uh, Islamic teaching. Right. We talk about the king of the south rising up, and well, how could this happen? Um, it's important to note that a number of studies have been done on all of the Muslim nations of the world. We have this data here. We don't have any time to go through it all, but huge percentages—70, 80, 90 percent say, at one way or another, they would like to be under Sharia law and have that part of their government, of Muslim societies that say that. We may uh, have something on, we published on that before, we may do it again soon. But uh, the definition by the Muslim Brotherhood, the radicals of the Caliphate and of their nation, is being under Sharia law. Hmm. That is it, an overlay of Sharia law over society. And that's what they want for the world. They are, when the nations over there have the opportunity to vote, they have consistently voted throughout the Middle East they put a little thumb purple in the, finger, and the purple yeah. finger. They vote for a Sharia law candidate. Even Egypt elected a member of the Muslim Brotherhood, a radical, a little while back. And uh, the United States opposed that for obvious reasons. So I'm just saying that it's a lot easier for this given uh, democracy in the Middle East for this to come together maybe than we think. I want to uh,
1: just mention, before we forget, the uh, booklet that we have written, it's free. All of our literature is free. Uh, the Middle East and Prophecy, go to smallsworld.org, you, you can download it, you can, it. You can uh, request, uh, request it to be mailed to, you You can read it online. A uh, very uh, uh, helpful booklet goes through a lot of scripture, and really, and if, you if you understand what the Bible says about the Middle East, East you, you kind of kinda understand, understand what's happening in the news, in the news today. today. That's right. And, and um, you know, we I, I think we have think hope, hope as Christians, as Christians that, um, that, um, that, there that there is good news, good news coming, but read this booklet, and there's some perilous ahead.
0: Right, understanding what God's Word says or understanding what the Bible says about about these things, you can look at the news, not be in ignorance of it, not wonder what's going to happen, where it's all going to go, because God's word tell us, tells us. And like I said, that that booklet, very helpful, very powerful. Uh, if you do want to learn more about uh, what the, we were talking about, the King of the North, um, you can. Uh, we have a Tomorrow's World uh, now. Um, program on the ecumenism and the Antichrist, and it'll talk about some of that and and get into what's, you know, the the woman that rides the beast in that way. So you can uh, look at that, but we are out of time. Uh, We do appreciate everybody tuning in. We appreciate um, your sharing of the the program, and we appreciate your likes. We thank you so much for, for joining us, and we want you to join
1: us next week.